This is the CCOH podcast brought to you by Community Church of Hudson, located in Hudson, Iowa. Join us in our conversations with any questions or thoughts by submitting them to podcast at ccohonline.org. For more information about Community Church of Hudson, please visit our website at www.ccohonline.org. Welcome back to the CCOH podcast. So grateful for you tuning in again this week and uh, joining us for one more podcast. Uh, We are continuing in our conversation on the series that we are doing here at Community Church that we have entitled The Kitchen Table. The series, the heart behind the series is really just to let our people know what God is speaking to our leadership, what he is saying to us as a church that we need to be about, that we need to be about doing. But here's what I think is important for us as as podcast listeners. If you don't attend community church, please don't tune this out. These are not just realities for us here in our local expression of of the Christian church. But these are true about anyone who would call themselves a follower of Christ. And so last week, if you were with us, we jumped into the idea of our what. What do we exist for? And really, our existence is so that we can help people know Jesus more fully. And we talked about in the podcast, however, uh, that that's true of any of us, again, that would call ourselves a follower of Christ. Our purpose Once we come to know Christ, our purpose is no longer our own, but it's the purpose of him. It's the purpose to join in his mission of connecting people, of reconciling people back to him. And we use that verse uh, talking about the ministry that God has given us, the ministry of reconciliation and uh, to reconnect people to him. And so this week, we're jumping into what does that look like for us? What are some of the expressions that we are going to use to accomplish those? And this particular week and even next week, we're talking about the values. So we've got this big what of we exist to help people know Jesus more fully, followed behind what are the heart? What are the, what are the lenses that we are looking at when we talk about that? And so I was joined uh, yesterday morning by a couple of our elders who were unable to be with us this morning in the podcast, but I'll, I'll share a little bit. We had the elders come up and they're talking to us about some of our leaders, talking to us about relationships, because our first value is we value relationships, connecting with people and connecting with Christ. See, we, we understand that we're here to help people know Jesus more fully, but we can't help them know him until we know them. It's important for us to know people, to have a relationship with people, to just beyond the, the knowing. Uh, it's interesting to me that, that you can sit in a church for a long, long time with people and maybe not even know a name. You know a face, you may even know where they sit on a given Sunday morning, but you don't really know the person. And so that was what we're talking about here is one of our values is we value relationship. The word that we use for that around here is connect. And and we'll say it in multiple ways. We'll say connecting people to each other and to Jesus. Uh, We believe there's, there's kind of a both and there that in some sense you have to earn the right to connect people to Jesus by connecting to them first and caring about the things of them and caring about what goes on with them. And so 
what we're talking about here is this is deeper than just sitting in a room with people. This is taking opportunity to have conversation with people, get to know people. Uh, one of our leaders, his name is Wes, talked about a gentleman who way back in his life, in his senior year of, of high school, invested in, in kids, invested in students, and ultimately was, was vital in his coming to know Christ. In fact, shared with him Jesus and walked through it and prayed with him and, and, and walked with, has walked with him for the most of his life now. And so it's that idea that we are a part of people's journey. We talked about, I think we mentioned last week, what we don't know is where we are on those journeys. We may be the person's uh, we may be the seed in the person's journey. We may be the water along their journey. We might be the person that gets the opportunity to see that seed grow and come to a recognition of needing Christ. So we talked about all of this, and then we looked at one of the scriptures. We looked at a few scriptures, but the first one we looked at was Hebrews 10, verses 24 through 25. And the writer of Hebrews tells us this. He says, and let us consider how to stir one up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day draw near. This is huge and there's some important things we jump to in the church world and we, we don't really sometimes take the time to, to think about everything that's in there. But I love the word that the writer uses, consider. So what he's telling us is he's telling us, think about how you connect people. How do you connect to people? Think about ways to stir one another up. When you see somebody dealing with something difficult, when you see somebody uh, walking through a tough time, what are ways in which you can stir those people up? Stir up their faith, stir up their hope, stir up their encouragement. Consider those ways. So. Here's how this is more applicable in our lives. So you come to church or you come to work or you go about your day and you run into somebody and you know somebody is going through a difficult time. They may tell you, you may just kind of see it on their face. You may actually know from, the, from details, from social media, from wherever it is. Consider when you intersect with those people, consider how you can stir them up how you can stir up joy again. And, and it's, it's not as complicated as it sounds. It might simply be showing a tangible way of loving somebody. Uh, maybe it's a gift card out to dinner for a family that you know struggling. Maybe it's the offer to take, a cup, take them to a cup of coffee and just listen. Whatever it is, consider it. Think about it. The writer of Hebrews is calling us to intentionality. And then stir up one another. And then in verse 25, not neglecting to meet together. Now, the, the pastor thing to do, the pastor thing to say is, don't miss church, which is true, by the way. When you miss coming to church, you miss more than you can even imagine you miss. But I don't have time for that today. But what this is talking about is don't neglect the other times around kitchen tables, around coffee tables, around restaurant tables, um, at ballparks, or sitting on the sideline of kids' soccer games, whatever it is, don't neglect those opportunities to meet together. But here's the piece that I think we need to understand. Not just to meet together to, to just simply uh, be there, but to meet together with some intentionality. How do I encourage these people? How do I speak the truth into their lives? How do I help them? How do I love them? How do I care about what they're going through? 
it's so important as we navigate these things to think about all of that that we're running through and we're talking to people. I think if we get in the habit of just going through our daily lives, we forget that there's a purpose to everything we've done and we do. You see, the scripture tells us that we plan our ways. We plan, we make our plans, but God directs our steps. So we make the plans, but God is the one that directs the steps and meaning that those interruptions, those intersections with people that we didn't expect, those detours to our schedule that we weren't expecting, God was expecting. And so maybe take a quick moment and ask ourselves, what are the reasons behind this? Another verse we looked at was Psalm 133, and this is a beautiful Psalm, and and I won't take time to, to talk about all of it, but it says this, it says, behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. In the Old Testament, the imagery of the oil was used for the imagery of an anointing from God. So the, the idea of the oil running down the head of Aaron, or it would use for high priests as they would get selected to be the priest. It was the idea of the oil running over was God's covering in their life. And this beauty of unity is that idea, that unity is, this, is like this oil, this soothing thing that falls over. But it's interesting, we have to consider this, we have to wrestle with this, especially in our day and age, that living in unity is not based on preference. Unity doesn't come because I care about somebody or they agree with me. Unity comes because we're able to find a common purpose. And unity for the follower of Christ is the commonality of the cross. It doesn't matter what other ways we're different. It doesn't matter what other ways that we are not the same. What matters is the commonality of the cross. And the cross is what shows us grace. The cross is what anchors our relationships. The cross is what anchors our purpose. Just as the oil signified consecration to the priest, unity works the same as we strive to point people to Jesus. It's interesting, the longer I'm around and the more I try and talk to people and and we talk about church and I tell them what I do, if people aren't connected with the church, one of the first things they'll point to is how the church doesn't get along. And I'm talking globally, collectively speaking here. And there's really not a great argument for that because we really don't. Now, I'm not talking doctrinal or theological differences. I'm just talking the fact that if given a chance, we will talk unglowingly about somebody else in our community. Now, if there's a, if there's a group of people that you know that aren't preaching the gospel, I think there's a point that we're called to speak out again about that. But I'm talking about people, other churches in your communities, in your areas that you know are proclaiming the truth of scriptures. They're not our competition. In fact, they're, they're on our side. They're accomplishing the same things we are. They may say it differently, but their purpose is to help people know Jesus so that, King, so that eternity is full. See, I think if churches, uh, our local expressions of the church, stopped wrestling with the idea of if I could get my pews full, then we've succeeded. The, rather, if we can get the kingdom full, if eternity is crowded, then we've succeeded. So the unity matters. And then Paul writes to the church in Galatia, in Galatians 4, 9, he says, but now that you have come to know God, 
or rather be known by God? How can you turn your back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world, whose slaves you want to be once more? So Paul is calling us to an intimacy with God, that we have been known by God. And our relationships on earth to men, to women, to the people, to our friends, to our kids, friends, parents, you know, all of the relationships that we can count, none of those relationships are as important as our relationship to Christ. Well, if we're not intimate with Christ, if we don't know Christ, it's hard to know people because Christ is the reason we know people. We strive to know people because it's not that we're better than. Again, I say this all the time. It's not that we're better than. It's that we know where solutions are found to the challenges of life. One commentator puts it this way. He says, to know God in this kind of experiential intensity implies a divine human encounter in which the total self, not merely the mind or thought processes, is claimed and transformed. So when we are known by God and our entire self is transformed, how we see people, how we interact with people, how we communicate with people is and will be transformed. Paul, what Paul says, or rather known by God, he's removing the notion that salvation is earned based on what we have to offer, but rather solely on who God is and his sovereignty. See, it's interesting that we look at God that way and we know that God doesn't look at us based on what we have to offer. But the, one of the questions I'm, I'm wondering, and I've had time to think about this since yesterday, one of the things that I wonder is what would happen if we stopped looking at people based on what they had to offer, but looked at them because Jesus cares for them. You see, the same reason Christ died on the cross for us is the same reason he died on the cross for them. The same rescue that he gave to us through the cross is the same rescue he's made available to them. And it's our job now to enter into the work with him to help people know him more fully. So I challenge us this week, whether you are a member of Community Church or whether you are listening from abroad, what is the relationships that you have? What is God asking you to do in those relationships? What are some ways that you can deepen those relationships and know him a little more fully and help others know him more fully? That's all I have for this week. Grateful for your time. Thank you so much for uh, tuning into this. Share this, uh, like this, help us out, spread the word of this podcast. If it's helped you, it will help others. We're praying for you. Hope you have a great day. God bless. This has been the CCOH podcast brought to you by Community Church of Hudson, located in Hudson, Iowa. You can subscribe to our podcast at www.ccohonline.org slash podcast for the latest episodes and conversations we have about sermon messages and topics in our world today. If there are any questions that were not mentioned in this recording, please contact us by email at podcast at ccohonline.org. Join us next week as we continue our conversations.